Asia Tech Podcast with Graham Brown and Michael Waits. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast Stories. My name is Graham Brown. Hey, one aspect of the Asian tech ecosystem we haven't talked enough about lately here on ATP Stories is social tech, i.e. technology used in a way to address social issues. And to do that, we're joined on Asia Tech Podcast today by Yoav Elgritchi. He's a mentor at Singapore Management University. He's a founder of Impact Tech, which describes itself as a social tech startup accelerator. That's a program for startups that use technology in an innovative way to tackle social issues. Examples include healthcare, old age, education, social and gender inequality, transportation, nutrition, environment, and agriculture. So we're going to learn about how the accelerator works, how we get onto the program and why Yoav started it. So before we do that, Yoav, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm honored to be on your show. It's fantastic to have you here. So let's start with the why question, Yoav, because I put this into context for the listeners that don't know you. You have an extensive background in mobile and the payment side of things as well. You worked at UPay. You also worked on the e-commerce side with Singapore Dine, which I believe was acquired by Food Panda. So you have an extensive background in online commerce, mobile payments, but now you're in this space which is a little bit different. So can you help us understand how you got into that space and importantly why you're now involved in this accelerator? Absolutely. So um, I am an entrepreneur for many years. Uh, for example, in the last nine years, I'm an entrepreneur here in Singapore. Um, after I had a few successes and also a few failures and also mentoring uh, dozens of startups uh, on the Singapore management universities, um, I felt that now I have the knowledge and the ability to help young startups succeed because mm-hmm. I was in their shoes a few years ago. So I decided to take all what I learned and also the community that I arranged around me and start the Impact Tech Accelerator program. And uh, the reason that I chose uh, social tech is coming out of philosophy that I believe we live in a unique era in the human race time that for the first time individuals can tackle significant social issues that in the past only government and huge organization tackled, such as education, old age, etc. I feel that you mentioned. Until a few years ago, it was not possible because technology was not available and affordable to everyone. So those issues, yeah, we, we had to rely on huge government and uh, big corporates to tackle. So no more. And this is why I decided to go into the social tech, to help those young entrepreneurs that from one hand use technology in innovative way, but... Apart from creating great startups, great companies that should make profit, also make impact on us as a human race. Right. Was there a particular story or example of social tech, especially in the mobile space, that convinced you that that was the case? Before you started Impact Tech, did you see something you thought, well, this really shows an example of how individuals can impact social issues? Yes, I was inspired from a few companies that uh, really... um, impressed me. Uh, one of them, for example, it's a company by the name Rewalk. Rewalk, it's an Israeli company that uh, uses uh, robotic techniques to attach a robot to the external skeleton of a disabled guy mm-hmm. and allow, allowing him to walk. 
and this blew my mind and I said okay until now if you, uh, you were attached to uh, you know if, if you if you were disabled the only thing that you could uh, expect in your life is sit on a wheelchair and if the government is nice enough they will allow you accessibility to all kind of buildings yeah and uh, a guy just said how can it be that in the era of robotics and high-tech we can't create a robot that will help people walk and he did it so it's inspired me and another company that really inspired me is a company by the name Mobileye. Mobileye was acquired by Intel by, for 15 billion dollars recently. Now what they are doing, they are doing system that takes care of uh, or reducing car accidents and safety at the roads and now they are the key software engine behind the autonomic cars. So those two companies strike me said, okay, how individuals started to tackle issues that were really in the past, no individual could tackle, and this inspired me. Was there any particular social issues that, for you personally, were an issue you thought that's something that needs dealing with? Because I, I know you list. I mean, we go from healthcare, old age, education, social, gender equality. There's a long list of potential social issues. Was there something that you started with? You said, "Hey, this is one that really needs dealing with." I think this is one that technology can address straight away. Not specific sector in terms of solution, but we do favor companies that use uh, a technology in more advanced way rather than plain vanilla usage of technology. So I can't say about a certain sector that is more important uh, or, or that, um, you know, more inspired. Oh, I, I feel more, uh, need more um, solutions, but uh, I believe that we're users use I would say advanced, te advanced technology, the ability to create meaningful solution is greater, right. such as advanced robotics, such as advanced sensors, such as mobile ID, etc. Got it. I mean, the reason I asked, and we'll talk about your accelerator program in a minute, is because we both live in Asia, and Asia has some specific infrastructure and social challenges which you know, are unique to Asia. And, you know, for example, you talk about the robotics example. I live here in Japan. There's a similar company here in Japan called Cyberdyne, which builds exoskeletons for, you know, rehabilitation and so on. But, you know, Japan has a, a very serious long-term fundamental problem with an aging population. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have a situation, I think, where the, the population is going to go from 125 million people today to 85 million people by 2050. That's... 40 million people disappear from the population. That's 40 million people gone. So that's a fundamental problem. And that uh, you may have it in countries like Germany, you know, where there's an aging population, but very specific to advanced economies in Asia. So I just wondered, I mean, I threw that out there because that's just Japan. But, you know, you throw in other countries in Asia where there's some significant fundamental social issues, which maybe cannot be dealt with by governments because they're too big or they're too behind the curve or I wonder if you see anything specific in Asia which really excite you when it comes to technology. It's interesting but we, we see in each country that we operate uh, naturally the, the um, entrepreneurs are driven to problems that are next to their home. Mm -hmm. So um, we are about, uh, we'll, t we'll talk in maybe in a few seconds about, but we are about to start uh, Impact Tech in Tokyo as well. And we assume that a lot of the solutions that we will see there address exactly what you mentioned, the old age. While, for example, in Thailand, which we also now operating, uh, we see a lot of uh, solutions regarding uh, um, uh, social inequality. 
and occasionally gender inequality, which is an agriculture, which is more uh, uh, issues that are related to Thailand, for example. Got it. So, okay, very interesting. So let's sort of bring this around and talk about the accelerator program and what that is. And I want to do this in the context of, let's say I was a technologist or a startup founder. I have a great idea. Maybe I have a product. Maybe I don't understand or have experience of an accelerator program, but I'm really passionate about what I'm doing and I'm passionate about this social issue and the technology that I have. Why would I consider an accelerator program? What's the benefit of that program for somebody like me? Is it just funding? Is it access to technology what? Today, running a startup, uh, and always, it's a very, very challenging um, adventure, journey, very hard journey. And do this journey alone, I would say it's almost impossible. So Accelerator actually surround you with an environment which support you and give you all the ecosystem that you need. In addition, apart from uh, the environment, we provide unique content which is divided to three sectors. One is hard skills. You have many questions, for example, how you incorporate a company, what is the agreement between partners, how do you do guerrilla marketing, um, et cetera, et cetera. Many questions. We provide the best people that we can to help you and give lectures on those topics. Uh, for example, building a professional user interface, uh, um, et cetera, et cetera. Apart from it, uh, the accelerator support you and provide you cutting-edge soft skills. For example, how to do professional negotiation, how to do uh, self-leadership, how to drive yourself, how to perform in what we call uh, conflict mitigation, how to basically to learn professionally how to be, be in a conflict and uh, get out of it in a win-win situation that benefits all parties. Now, today there are techniques, and we teach them. And the last part of the circle that uh, the accelerator provide um, is the mentorship, which we find is extremely important because uh, the mentor, unlike your family and friends, etc., his only job, his only mission is to help you as an entrepreneur. While it's not always the case with your friends, friends and family that sometimes have different agenda for you. I mean, your parents maybe prefer that you'll be a doctor or a lawyer exactly. rather than running a startup. And, and you need this, um, I would say, non-bios eye that will take you and will help you. And uh, this Did you is have kind that of... when you were starting your startups in the mobile space, the payment space? Did you have that kind of support or did you have to kind of learn it the hard way? Unfortunately, I learned it in the hard way. However, I had a small advantage. Um, I, come, I come from Israel, and our culture is very open, and it's very flat. And we are very used to approach whoever we think can, uh, we, we want. And we are, not, we are less intimidated by hierarchy, by designation, by age, etc. We just approach politely and ask for help if we need. However, what we see in Asia, uh, because of a culture, and some of the things are beautiful, However, for entrepreneurs, may be a bit um, challenging. I mean, if the entrepreneur is intimidated to approach another senior guy in another company that can help him because he's an older age or seniority, it's a problem for an entrepreneur. He needs to remove those fears and be a bit more bold. So I, I felt that my Israeli, I would say, um, culture helped me. Yeah, you see that a lot in some of these networking events, especially only taking Japan as an example where it's very hierarchical, even in startup networking events. 
where the older guy would, in a way, be unapproachable. So if you're a young startup founder, you want to go and ask these people because they have access and they can support you and they could even mentor you. But there's a hierarchy which makes that impossible, right? And you see at these events, people are still walking around wearing suits and ties. You know, where you go to networking events anywhere else in the world and it's kind of jeans and T-shirts and so on, isn't it? Yeah, I can t share with you a small drill that we did with one of the cohorts. So I went with one, with, it was two of our startups to a certain event, professional event that suited their industry. And uh, those young entrepreneurs uh, were a bit shy and uh, mm. kind of, you know, sitting in the corner while there was kind of a networking cocktail. And then I said, okay, I must do something. So for each of them, I approached and pointed randomly on another guy in the crowd and told him, okay, your mission is you go and in 10 minutes we meet here and you tell me all what you know about this guy. <laughs> so actually, I forced them to go out of their comfort zone and they, were, they came and they were so happy and, and empowered because they saw that it was so easy because yeah. in those events, everyone just want to talk and they were just you know, shy. And once they did it once and I pushed them, that's it. You see something opens in their personality and all this evening they were chatting and networking and then something happened. So I was, you know, it was funny and uh, it was happy to see. That's a good result. Hey, listen, if I was to apply to your accelerator program, I just want to kind of get a, a better understanding. If I was a startup founder, first of all, I know we talked about young guys and young founders. And stuff. I'm 45 years old. Am I too old to apply to this kind of thing? Do you specifically look for, you know, the young guys in shorts who came out of Stanford University with a computer science degree? Do you have a specific idea of what the kind of startup I, founders you want look no. like? Absolutely no. Actually, a lot of our startups. It's, when I say maybe young entrepreneurs, I should I should rephrase myself rephrase myself better because what I mean is, as entrepreneurs, they are young, right? And we see a lot of forties and fifties and even so. The age is not a, a parameter. We refer to young entrepreneurs as someone who just jump and being entrepreneur for the first, second, or third time. This is what I'm referring. So definitely, everyone is welcome. And I think actually, people with some life experience, it's significant edge and significant advantage compared to just fresh graduates. Right. So, okay, that's really good to hear because I think especially, you know, older entrepreneurs maybe feel a little bit scared that they maybe are too old to go for a program like this, you know, specifically aimed at a certain demographic, but that's not the case, right? What I want to know is if I was to apply to this program, and this could apply to any accelerator program, not just yours, but is there sort of a sweet spot a time at which I should apply? Should I apply when I have an idea? Should I apply when I have a, a minimum viable product? Should I apply when I have customers? You know, is there a point where it's too late or too early? What do you like to see come through the door and pitch you? I think that the sweet spot is between an idea to an MVP. Because what we, we want is not just someone who came, okay, I have an idea, because everyone has an idea, especially guys in the pub after three beers, everyone, <laughs> I have an idea. So there are millions. But there is a certain point that someone decides to jump and be entrepreneur. So it's just one step after you have an idea, but it's a very long step. And you need to be a brave one, and you are out of uh, 100, only one, make this step and become an entrepreneur. So this is a perfect time to apply when you have an idea, but you decided to be an entrepreneur and you started to build your kind of plan, you scouted the market, you have some idea about the competition, etc. And this is where we can help you the most. Is there a point where it becomes too late 
to apply, you know, that they have sort of, they've gone down the road too far to get the benefit of an accelerator program? Well, yes, I would say that um, our uh, accelerator specifically is uh, aimed for early stage. Mm. So we really accelerate the startup in early stage. So they, they come uh, on, on, and on they are actually building their company. They are putting their DNA in the company. They are, you know, deciding on the right direction and we help them with that. Once the company is already in the right direction and the ship already sails, sailed, um, the accelerator takes less importance and here comes the incubator. Incubator is less incentive, they less put you, uh, give you um, knowledge and skills, they give you kind of just the environment, not just, they give you environment, infrastructure, as well as mentoring. So they help you when you're already sa uh, sailing at the sea. Right. When we help you push the, the ship just out of the, you know, out of the harbor in the right and the fast way. Okay, that's a, that's a very good analogy. Interesting. And so, if somebody was to come to you and they were at that stage, which you say is between having an idea and starting the journey, in, in sense of you know creating the, the first product and so on. So they've already made their plans. They've made a commitment. They put plans down. They're approaching you. What if, for example, it was a founder on their own? Let's say I came to you on my own, Yoav. Say, okay, it's just me. Um, you know, I can code, but I'm not very good at selling. Or, you know, maybe I'm a guy with an idea and I need somebody to code. Would you tell me, you know, go back, you know, go away, come back when you've got a partner? Or do you put those things together for these founders as well? Because I'm curious, because I hear this a lot at networking events where you have people who are looking for co-founders. Do you help them with that? Or would you like to see that team already formed when they come to you? No, most of the, in a lot of cases, people come to me without a team. It's a single entrepreneur that starts the journey, and it's absolutely okay. However, we do know that the success rate of a team is much higher, and people know that. And we do help people actually find a co-founder or find their CTO, even not as a co-founder, but as kind of the, you know, the, the keystones of the company. Um, actually, we had two times, two occasions that uh, teams came, and um, they were doing in this, they were working in the same space. So we matchmaked between those two companies and those two entrepreneurs, and the results were fantastic. So um, to, to, your, to, your, to your question, a lot come without a team, and it's absolutely fine. Okay, so that shouldn't put them off. That's the key point, isn't it? That shouldn't feel that they shouldn't apply to an accelerator program if they don't have the team because the accelerator program can help them with that, right? Yes. Okay, so what do they do? Do they, do they, do they, do they I guess there's an application process. Do they have, do they come and pitch you the idea? Do they send you a presentation date? Do they have an informal meeting? How does this work? So the first step is to go to our site and apply. It takes two minutes. You put your details, uh, upload your deck. Uh, even if it's half-baked information, it's fine. Uh, just to make sure that we are, um, you know, it's on the right track and it's uh, something that we can work for, we can work with. And then we invite you for an interview. Now, an interview, it's not a presentation because we don't want to hear only about the product or only about your team. Or only, we want to know about you. What did you do? What drove you to, to be an entrepreneur? What did you do in the past? How you see things? Uh, so we, uh, in this discussion, which is very friendly, it's informal, we learn about you as an, as an entrepreneur. Then we dive in a little bit to what are you doing? 
Mm. And we see, we're looking at a few things. First of all, um, if you are solving a problem that is big enough, or uh, it's uh, meaningful enough, rather than a very small issue. Second, we see that uh, apart from the impact that you're solving something, that you have a clear business model. Now, even if you have a half-baked business model, it's okay, but it seems we want to see that you thought through and you have some ideas, even if they, cha if we'll, they will change along the way. And the last thing that we evaluate is our ability to help you. Do we really can help you in the domain that you are? Can we really bring you value? And if all this, you know, come together, you know, all is okay. You're accepted to the program. That last point, you have where you say, you know, can we add value? What are you looking for in that sense? Are you looking for a particular type of application or something that matches the portfolio that you have worked with already or your, your previous batches? Is there specific things where you say, yep, yeah, that's a typical area where we can add value, where somebody comes to us and they have this kind of technology? Or is it a particular type of entrepreneur or what? Where, where is it you add the most value? There are two aspects to if we can bring value. Is one is the personality of the entrepreneur. Occasionally, there are entrepreneurs that come and they believe they know everything. They believe that they are the smartest in the world and no one can teach them anything. And, you know, let's play a little bit. Those guys, uh, it's very hard for us to believe that you can bring value. If the first meeting he explained us why he, he's so perfect. Yeah. Uh, you don't see it a lot, <laughs> but occasionally. So and those entrepreneurs, we believe that we, it will be uh, challenging to influence them and really assist them. So this is one aspect. The other aspect is uh, um, dealing with something that is very esoteric, something that is, we really believe that it's... Um, not in a domain that we can find the right mentors or open the right doors or help them assist uh, get funds, but it rarely happened. Rarely happened. Now our community is quite big, and we believe that we can assist almost any, um, uh, I would say, any vertical, any 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 area, at mm. some point of another or another. So, to your points, it, it's okay to approach an accelerator program like yours and, and not have all the answers because I think what we're traditionally used to especially i mean maybe later on down the line when you're pitching an investor is you've got to have a lot of answers you've got to have all the numbers you've got to be prepared but when they come and talk to you at an earlier stage in their journey if they don't have the answers it's okay as long as they've thought through them right is that what you're saying rather than somebody who who thinks they know all the answers and maybe that's somebody you can't help out because either they know everything or maybe they don't listen Absolutely. And, and our goal in the end of the four months, our KPI to ourselves is what we call make sure the startups are impact investment ready. It means that they are in the stage which where they will stand in front of investors, VC, family funds, etc. They will have, I would say, most of the answers and can do such an impression that eventually the guy will open the checkbook or, yeah. or, uh, or, or provide them a term sheet or they can move on to, to a fundraising. And this is our four months journey. That, to, that we take them. And apart from building the right solution, we teach them how to wrap the story, this, what we call the storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling is a skill that can be learned. People think that, okay, there are people who can present and, say, and sell stuff and there are people that are not. 
and, and we do not believe in it. We believe that uh, we can work on those skills and make you great, turn you to a great storyteller, as well as also ignite innovation within you. Some people oh, used to believe that, oh, you are in have innovative mind or not. But we touch and, and deal with it a lot. And we do see that we can ignite innovation within people. It's like a muscle that if you train, you can improve it. Yeah, exactly. So this is also an innovation, yeah. Especially when you're surrounded by people doing that as well. And that's the important part you talk about, you know, the social aspect of an accelerator program, getting people together, getting access to mentors. You know, once people see other people doing these kind of things, whether it's storytelling or innovating, it sometimes switches a light on in their own mind, right? Maybe a skill which they've always had. But being surrounded by other pe people is key to that. So what I want to do, Yav, is just get an idea of the kind of cohorts you've already dealt with, some of the stories that have gone through Impact Tech, some of the people who are already on the program. So tell us a little bit, maybe just give us a couple of examples of startups that you have personally mentored, because I guess you've got a number of mentors in Impact Tech, but the ones that you personally dealt with on Impact Tech. Sure, I'll give you a few examples of startups that um, I think that are interesting. Um, one startup is uh, Tech for Food. What they are doing is they um, identify the problem of food waste in hotels, supermarkets, restaurants, etc., uh, which, of course, everyone knows there is a huge food waste. However, no one actually measured it and no one actually analyzed it in a way that the supermarket or the hotel chain restaurant can do something with it. So what they did is they created smart garbage bins that uh, on the top of them there is a camera. And by image recognition, they can see exactly and analyze the food that is thrown. And below, there are sensors who can actually measure the weight. So it means that in the end of the month, for example, a supermarket can get report. And if you dis uh, distribute such bins in 100 supermarkets in a, a certain chain, they could, can get a report that, uh, okay, we throw this month one ton of tomatoes, 200 kilos of uh, chicken, or 300 uh, whatever of cucumbers. And they can take actions. Maybe we should re arrange the tomatoes so they will not be squished and we throw them to the garbage, for example. Or if it's a hotel chain, uh, the hotel chain can understand that, okay, uh, this is the amount of food that we throwed in the buffet this month. Um, those are the specific dishes that we were thrown. And the, let's take action items, for example, make the portion smaller or um, change the, the scooping uh, spoons, etc. So it's does, a very does interesting... Does that require a different kind of entrepreneur, a different kind of investor? Because, you know, I think about your background with Singapore Dine and Food Panda, etc. That's a lot easier to quantify, isn't it? And a lot easier for investors because there's a lot more examples out there and they can see the kind of returns based on what's already happened in the market. But with something like that, it's kind of new. So does it require a different kind of investor to work with to fund that startup, a different kind of entrepreneur to make it happen? Well, in this, in this case, a specific case, what we are tapping in the government grants, because he tap, he's tapping on an issue that now bothers Singaporean as a country. Mm -hmm. So he's in the last mile to receive government grant. In addition, now he's doing uh, trials in a, certain, in a few um, leading hotel chains in Asia. So um, the first money will come from government and the second will come from uh, private investors. I'll give you another example, maybe on another startup from different angle. 
So another startup by the name uh, Ibicare, what they're doing is they created Uber-like application, but for nurses and caregivers. Mm. So the situation today is that uh, hospitals are quite crowded place with people who need just small treatment, like caregiving to old age, as you mentioned before, it's an issue, or uh, you need to measure the fever for your kid and small things. Now, this creates a lot of burden on the hospitals and the clinics. So what he did is he created kind of an Uber platform. From one end, you have caregivers and nurses. On the other hand, you have the public who needs them. And uh, he grew significantly in Singapore. And the concept is the same as uh, Uber is the largest taxi company without owning a taxi. He aiming to be the largest clinic without, without owning one doctor or nurse. Mm. That's fascinating. So Applying that that mindset to healthcare, because you know that, that's the challenge, isn't it? Because healthcare, for example, is built around a philosophy or a way of doing things, but to come in with like an Uber-like business model and change those things, I mean, that requires a certain, I suppose, a certain kind of persistence and belief in the vision to make that work. Because you must face a lot of resistance. Well, apparently he's doing really great. He have already 500 registered nurses that are also already that are certified, and the beauty of it is that everyone loves him because government and the medical institutions, institutions, they love him because he reduces the burden from small for for small scale for small issues uh, that create some you know burden on them. Uh, the nurses love them because it creates extra money for them, extra job in their free time. So it also touches the social inequality because occasionally nurses and caregivers are, um, their, their salary here at least are quite low uh, compared to the rest of the population. So it's kind of a win-win to all and uh, no, he's doing great. Fantastic. What do you want to see moving forward? What do you want to see more of at Impact Tech? What kind of startups do you want to see coming through the doors? What kind of things really excite you at the moment? Where, where is there a demand which isn't being met by technology in the social tech space at the moment? First, uh, in general, I would like to see more female entrepreneurs. Hmm. It's something that really bothers us in, uh, in Impact Tech. Out of 10 male startups, only one female. And uh, from our experience, uh, for example, in Israel, which is quite gender equality country, female and male, really, really equal. Uh, maybe you saw Gal Gadot now as Wonder Woman. Well, <laughs> it kind of reflects, it kind of, uh, you know, the... They're quite powerful ladies. Um, and we, so we saw that the success rate of female and male in running a startup, it's the same. So we can't understand why they're out of 10, there is one. So we really now try to encourage female entrepreneurs to, to jump in and, and, and be entrepreneur. Um, this is one aspect. In, in terms of the fields that we would like to see more is the smart cities and smart homes. Yeah. We believe that all what related to taking care of the old age population, all population with unique needs, uh, I think there are a lot of opportunities now in all what related to the smart cities concept. Right. Um, is that just in Singapore or is that across Asia? No, I think all across Asia. Yeah. Uh, smart cities also it include uh, building a smarter infrastructure now for safety at the road. And it's not only the autom autonomic cars that will arrive in 5, 10, or 20 years, but all the, ev everything in the road in the city st should speak with one each other. So uh, um, if it's traffic lights, if it's traffic signs, um, everything should speak. I'll give you an example. Before 
going into environment of a school in a certain time with all the kids go out, there is no reason why the traffic signs will not actually signal the car and the car will actually, um, uh, I would say, lower the speed or be mm. more cautious to them rather than wait for the driver to actually look at the sign and say, hey, watch out, kids are on the way, mm. for example. Very interesting. You heard it here first. That's Yav Elgrichi, everybody, from Impact Tech. So advice to startup founders, not just female startup founders in the spaces that Yav has, has talked about. We're talking about all startup founders who are working on solutions for problems related to social issues. Make their way to Impact Tech. Get onto the website. Put out, fill out the application form. As you have already said, there's a process there. They want to talk to you. And don't wait too late. I think that's the important thing is, you know, get in there early because often, you know, if you wait too late with this, these accelerator programs can't have the maximum impact that they can offer. They can also steer you in the right direction. So it's kind of important. That ship analogy is important, right? Get the, the right navigation set up earlier on. And then, you know, the rest is plain sailing. Hey, Yav, it's great having you on the show. Thanks for sharing your insights as to how your accelerator program works before i let you go where can we find out more about you share with us a link where the listeners can go and find out about you Yoav, and a bit more about your story so about my story i think linkedin will be the best thing it's just search my name Yoav Grichi. um you'll, you'll see me and don't hesitate to approach me exactly in true israeli style he's directly approachable yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Take care. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at www.asiatechpodcast.com.